from five go down. Five. Five. Four. 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 <laughs> okay. Five. Five. Four. four three. three two, two. One. one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if it was good or not. I can't tell, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll be able to make it work. All right, go for sweet. it. Let's get it going. Uh, welcome to Clap Syncing, the podcast. <laughs> Endo and I try for three hours to clap at the same time through the power of the internet. Clapaholics. Welcome, clap everybody, shit. though, to another edition of the podcast, because, damn it, we don't need proper intros. We don't need music. You know what it is. You know what you clicked on. You're here, and we're glad that you are. Endo Mills, it is the day before NHL free agency starts, and we're going to talk a lot about that. But before we do, got some other things to handle. But first and foremost, how are Handle you? your bush. Oh, no, that works, too. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing great. I thought we're going to go right into the ad read. You know, go ahead, just, go ahead, just go for, it. for it. Handle our business. Handle your handle, business, apparently. Handle my business and your business with Manscaped, the number one product for your ball grooming and whatever grooming you have to get through. You got Bush. You definitely do. If you haven't tried the best products right there, Manscaped, our sponsor, lovely guys and gals and whoever they may be. Taking control of your bush <laughs> is very important. These products are so good. You're going to definitely be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's fact that you'll have the best nut sack on the cul-de-sac. That's a word. Uh, save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code TUGI. That's T-O-U-G-I-E, TUGI, for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. You know, when you're looking to be bald and free as an American eagle or nice and trim like the Canadian beaver on your beaver, <laughs> Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. You know, they got the performance package beautifully. 4.0, brand new, spanking new, spanking on your beef. Uh, inside the package is a lawnmower 4.0, electric trimmer. It's a Bush's worst nightmare, unless it's the best nightmare it could ever have. And therefore, it's a dream. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave on hair off of loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. And there's no need for night vision goggles either, too. This thing's got an LED light that allow you to mow in the lawn in the dark. You know, if you, you live in a small little shack out in the in the van down by the river uh and you got to deal with uh sometimes you know duty calls sometimes you're sitting there you got to deal with it you, you hop on you just get there got nothing else to do while you're camping shave exactly. your balls exactly too sweaty gotta get in there it makes sense exactly it's basic landscaping what do you trim the hedges the tree stands taller Hey, could bring an extra, <laughs> could bring an extra inch or two. Who knows? Uh, second best tool in the corn package is the weed whacker. It helps out with those pesky nose and he- ear hairs that you want to get rid of, so that way they're under control. And as well, you want to add some instantly added some pep in your step with the crop reserve ball deodorant. That's approved by me. That's a life send. Holy crap! And the crop reviver uh, spray on testicle toner. I haven't tried that yet, but I can't wait to get on there too. Package I mean, well. I think also you were just it. looking for an excuse to say testicle toner. Yeah, personally. I got toned testes. What do you, what do you, what do you want? Uh, with the performance package, obviously you get two free gifts as well: the shed travel bag and the patented high performance reduced chafing manscape boxer briefs. Love them. They have a bunch of other products on their website that help you maximize your confidence in grooming game. So as well as always, twenty percent off free shipping. Code Tugi T O U G I E at manscape.com. Damn right. also, thank you. Big shout out to Manscaped. So big shout out to Endo for just going through it. We're like, hey, do we go? Do we go with the typical ad read, or do we just do our normal, our normal shtick? But you know, Endo, Endo delivers. As he call does. him A, call him B, baby. Beautiful. With that, let's move on as we always do to kick off today's show. You got to warm up a little bit. You know, you can't just jump into talking about how Matt Murray's the new goalie of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get to that. Endo's way more optimistic than I am. We got to warm up like we do with some viewer questions here. Again, the link to our Discord is in the description. As it always is, you can send in your questions there like these fine people did. And we'll start off with the ridiculous. Why not? Let's start off with the ridiculous before moving into something more hockey-centric. This comes from who else? Piney. Would you rather be the stand-in 
for every broken Chuck E. Cheese robot for the rest of your life or spend 16 hours of every day fighting off LARPers. So I've seen five, enough Five Nights at Freddy's. No, that's not going to go well. And <laughs> I've been around. I thought that said LAPD or I'm like, what? <laughs> Listen, Do you fuck want to 12. fight off the LAPD for 16 <laughs> hours a day? Give me um give me a if you bring it back to like the 80s or 90s when it was like the rooftop Koreans and stuff like that, like then sure. But it's like modern day, yeah, fuck no. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the first reference of the LA riots on the two <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I know my, my world history. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! All right, I'm, we're going I'm with go LARPers. With... Let's go with LARPers. <laughs> yeah, I think LARPers is probably the best way to go. I mean, you could like befriend them where you're fighting them off. Like you could be like, "Oh, I'm a little, I'm a wee little hobbit." Oh, and then like they take you in and they, you become one of them. Nailed it! Perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> the horde of Irish LARPers. It's just Chris O'Jarek. That's a that's a throwback to WWE, which unfortunately is lost to time. Oh, oh man! God, the highlights that could have been. Oh, Chris O'Jarek! Cool. Beautiful. From Nico. God, if you were offered five thousand dollars for every toe or finger, how many toes and or fingers are you losing? Zero. I'd need a hell of a lot more than five grand to lose a finger or a toe. Hell of a lot more. I'm looking at my Endo's feet right now. <laughs> yeah, I, you see, like, I'm not sure if you can tell, but like, I'm looking at my feet. I'm like, which one do I not need? <laughs> I mean, I could do without like my fucking in it. This one's kicked to the heart, so I actually kind of need this one. Um, maybe like, is it the whole <laughs> finger or like a, like a snippet of the finger? I, it, I, it says finger. I don't, I don't think um, you can be like, well, what about 1700 for like the tip of the ring finger? Like, I don't think you can do that. Does it have to be my finger directly or can it be like yes. someone? No, oh, it has to be God yours. It, it says how many fingers or toes are you losing? So it's got to be yours. So if I make a clone, it, it, I, the clone doesn't count. If I had a tiny version mm. of myself, would that count? Well, that just opens up the decision of if you're cloned, how much of you are you? Or how much of it is you? Because it is technically you because it's an identical clone. Yeah. No or fingers or toes. <laughs> no fingers or toes. No. Not worth the hassle. Jeez. I'm a hand model. And a Endo the hand foot model. model. Listen, I'm not going to be able to pay out of my fucking debt without my fucking OnlyFans feet page, okay? <laughs> Only feet? That's, that's got to be a thing at this point, right? Only yeah, feet. That's, they just call it only fits. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, from Hawks, your pick for the most underrated video game of all time. Now, I, I put first. a lot of thought into this, right? Because obviously it's like I've been playing video games almost my entire life. Like since yeah. I was three, four years old. So that would have been 1997, 1998. Yes, I'm getting old. Um, and people older than me are like, shut up, youngin, and that's fine. <sighs> the most underrated video game of all time. <sighs> Endo, do you have an obvious choice? Because I, I don't, because it's such a loaded question. Like you have to sit back and think to like every, I, every game you've ever played. Every game that's ever came out. Like, um, I'm trying to think, uh, I was going to say like maybe, I'm a big uh, Ratchet and Clank fan, and I want a sequel to Ratchet Deadlocked so bad. So that's probably one game. Uh, either that or Kirby Air Ride, but that's pretty popular too. I yeah, got, I I got mean, nothing. Like, the first thing that came to mind for me, and it's going to sound absurd, is The Last of Us Part Two, Because so many people just immediately hopped on the train of shitting on that game for... One reason or another, I mean, that game came Wokeism. out two fucking years ago. I think I can spoil it a little bit. Um, but whether the idea of it being like, well, a main character who uh, we thought would be in the game for longer wasn't, even though it makes no sense that they would have been allowed to live because they doomed the earth at the end of the first game. Um, whether it be the people that freak the fuck out that you uh, 
potentially played as a trans person, which you did. Was just a jacked woman, <laughs> strong woman. Like that game. Like there were legitimate complaints yeah. about that game, but holy hell! Like I still recall like the review bombing of it, and I think to this day, the Metacritic score is still only a five point seven on PS4. With 158,000 ratings. That's the, that, that, that was a choice that, that came to mind. Aside from Pimp My Ride, the video game, of course. Ghost Ride the Whip. Uh, <laughs> that's a good selection. And it does make sense because that game, that game did receive a lot of unnecessary scrutiny over a decision like that. Like, who gives a fuck, honestly? I think that ending for the game was kind of like moot. But, eh, as for a game I think it's underrated, I don't know. Uh, um, Pong? It's tough. <laughs> Pong? I thought you said Pong. The one that started it all <laughs> is the most underrated. Boop. 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 <laughs> Boop. God. And uh, from good friend of the show, Davos. And we'll, we'll mix in some other questions a little bit later on when it's uh, a bit more relevant to what we're talking about at the time. Who is your favorite EA? NA- now, it does say NHL cover boy. I don't remember if it said EA NHL cover boy. So I think we will just stick to the uh, to the EA titles. Sorry to, to 2K and NHL hits. Let me look at the exact question from Davos. Favorite NHL video game cover boy. So I guess it could be anything. Mm-hmm. I guess any hockey video game, you could technically say this is this is my favorite cover. Um, like the first one that came to mind for me was NHL 14, just because I was so so damn pumped to see a goalie back on the cover, even yeah. though I really really felt like it should have been Tim Thomas a few years prior. But it was really cool to see Marty Brodeur on the cover, and there hasn't been a goalie on the cover again since. So yeah, mostly because it'd be a disgrace to put a goalie on the cover with the current state of goaltending in that game. But you know, that's besides me. Uh, Fair. I think yeah. I think don't put a goalie on the cover if you didn't upgrade the the game for goaltenders. That's mm. the way I see it. Um, I'm trying to think. Can I be a homer and say Legacy Edition because it has Stanley Cup on it? No, I think I think that's a fair choice. Yeah, that's that's, that's a, a really nice, choice. just clean cover. Uh, there's also like the regional exclusives. I remember, I think it was for either 13 or 14. There was a Toronto GameStop exclusive. They would give you a copy with, I think it was James Van Riemsdyk on the cover because hmm. Toronto. Uh, hmm. There was a there was a bunch of other ones as well too. Uh, but yeah, the new cover sucks. This FYI, it's so bland. Oh, Bring shout back like, out. the paint and stuff like that. Like that was cool. I want to shout out ESPN NHL Hockey, the original one that was just Jeremy Roenick's intimidating face looking at you. <laughs> and um, the cover of Gretzky 06 is actually cool as hell because it's not like, hey, here's Wayne's face. It's just the back of Wayne Gretzky's jersey as he's celebrating a goal. Uh, that was always one of my favorites as well, but that's that's a bit of a it's a bit of a tough question because some of the covers, I mean, like NHL hits with with Chris Prong. Oh, ooh, NHL hits 03. It's the one with Chris Pronger just menacingly looking in the background from the shadows, like he's on a poster for the movie Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's oddly specific, but you look at that and tell me that's not exactly what it looks like. Yeah, you know what it kind of looks like? It kind of looks like, um, I don't know why, but Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Just yeah. you underestimate my power. <laughs> Chris Pronger just got done killing the younglings. <laughs> just in time for the photo shoot. <laughs> oh, when the rookie comes into the league, just... Oh, my God. <laughs> he was... Uh, Chris Pronger murdering younglings. Uh, Again, like we've had an LA riots mentioned and now Chris Pronger murdering the younglings. (laughs) This is what happens when sin disappears for too long. (laughs) Oh my God. When's he coming back? Is he going to bring his wife back too? Because like, what's what's going on over there? 
We'll get Sin back for a couple of weeks before he moves to Finland full time at this rate. It'll be yeah. uh, it'll be fun though. It'll be fun. Our, our boy might be back as soon as uh, the end of this week. Which I should mention, we we do plan for this to be probably our last two episode week until we get closer to the start of the season. Uh, we'll be back on Endo. Just found something. Uh, we'll be back on I believe Thursday, maybe Friday. I think uh, Friday was the shout from Sin that would work for him, uh, and we'll talk about everything that's kind of happened in the last, you know, what would be the first couple of days of free agency. What are you reacting to? Oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, as some people may know, um, formerly Ryerson University here in Toronto, recently renamed uh, to Toronto Metropolitan University because um, Ryerson The founder was, was a scumbag. Yeah, he was a, he was, he was a person of certain things. And they've announced what their team name, the list of the three names that they might change it to. Their team names could be The Bold, so TMU Bold, mm. The Meteors, TMU mm. Meteors, Met Meteors, and The Towers. TMU Towers, Metropolitan Towers. That's the three. Ugh. And their yeah, and their mascots like how more like how more engineering can you get? Sorry, Polina, but how more engineering and like concrete base can you get? Apparently, they're um, they're they're mascots. Uh, there could be a meteor or a tower. Jesus Christ! Let's hope there's not two of them. Uh, <laughs> along with bee, caribou, moose, and squirrel. Uh, their former mascot was Eggy the Ram. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so that's something just, else. Why couldn't you just keep the Ram? Or just the Mets. Be the Mets and still have Eggy the Ram. Yeah. Just just like, call yourself the Metropolitans. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like with names like this, whenever something changes, you're always just like, ah, it's stupid as fuck. Not you, but like us in general. Um, yeah. Especially when it's like, hey, the Toronto Six, which I do think is a dumb fucking name. But I think mm-hmm. it's aged a little bit better than when everyone first heard the name was going to be the Toronto Six. Like, yeah. uh, we've just kind of come to accept it. I think it is still kind of a st- stupid name. Um, well, I mean, there is a reason why it's called the Six. Cause it's the six uh, cities that make up Toronto that were merged right. together back in 1998, I think it was. Right. Like, I'm not saying I don't understand, like, the name or, like, the reasoning behind the name. I'm just saying the idea of it being like, oh, yeah, we're the Toronto. Like, if you say, like, okay, the Toronto Six. Are you immediately going to think the the hockey team? I mean, we will because we're ner- you know fucking hockey nerds. But I don't know. But yeah, like the TMU towers. Like, do do you have like a brand deal with the CN Tower to make that? Ha- I I don't know. So no, they'll find a way to do it. Jesus. Uh, <sighs> okay, if they did the C- if they did it with the CN Tower, that'd be pretty cool. But mm-hmm. I highly doubt it. Um, yeah. yeah. But hey, who knows? Anything's yeah. possible. Let us know. What would you like Toronto Metropolitan University to pick for their new name and mascot? Because it's, uh, it's a fun time over there, I guess. I don't know. That, w- that was worth it. That was worth it to bring it up because those are three of the worst names I think I've ever heard uh, <laughs> suggested for like a college-affiliated name and mascot. Absolutely brutal. Uh, again, we'll mix in some of the other questions here a little bit later on, uh, but a thank you to everyone for those. Uh, wanted to briefly move into uh, a couple of quick points in rumor season. We'll have a couple general topics, then we'll get into everything involving free agency. Uh, first thing in rumor season, the Boston Bruins are heavily negotiating currently with former Bruin David Krejci to return to the team. I am not necessarily getting my hopes up that this would happen. I think in a general sense, it would be a pretty good decision on their part. Um, I think that's one of the things that really hurt the Bruins in the playoffs, especially against Carolina. Um, We talked about it to death. The idea of, hey, you need forward help and you didn't get it. Um, But obviously right now, you know, looking at who the Bruins might end up having down the middle. Number one, Patrice Bergeron still hasn't officially made a decision. That's fucking horrifying. 
Yeah. But the centers on roster are Charlie Coyle. Felino can technically play center, so can Craig Smith. But it's really Charlie Coyle, Eric Halla, Tomasz Nosek, Trent Frederick, and Oscar Steen they've used more as a winger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Curtis Lazar is confirmed leaving the team. Yeah, no, I Bergeron and Krejci, please. You know, that could give them the forward depth, presumably, of Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle, and then probably Tomasz Nosek is the fourth line center. And that I don't hate. Um, I just, I, I don't know if they can bank on like, yeah, here's Charlie Coyle or Eric Halla being our 2C and, and hoping to find success in what is proving to be really an ever-improving Atlantic division. So, yeah, kind of hoping this happens. You know, and in terms of what could happen for the Bruins in this free agency period, they only have $2.3 million of cap space at the moment. Um, Yeah. I, I read that correctly. Apparently, they have $2.3 million, according to Cap Friendly, right now, of projected cap space. And Patrice Bergeron is not signed. There's no, like, oh, we're waiting to put $6 million of this guy on LTIR. Like, as it stands right now, they have no goddamn cap space. But they do have Nick Foligno signed to $3.8 million. So that's, that's cool. That's fun. Um... I'm going to switch topics now because this makes me sad. <laughs> no Fendo has thoughts on it, but <laughs> it just makes yeah, me sad. It's it's really weird that your franchise basically kind of the 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 future of the next year or two basically runs on if these two aging players decide to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not good. David Krejci, who spent a year away in the Czech League, is able to come back and still perform at an extremely high level after a season away. How did he perform a season away? Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he did quite well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me double check here. Um, because I was actually paying a little bit to the Czech League last year because of like Yager's team and like Thomas Mechanics was on there too. But he right. played for HC Olomouc and had 46 points in 51 games in the Czech League this past season, uh, which was good for 12th in scoring in the league total. Um, wasn't, yeah, I mean, 0.9 points a game. The league leader in points was uh, former Ottawa Senator Philip Schlappick, 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 uh, who had 70 points in 53 games. So he, Jesus. Was still, he was still good, but he wasn't up there. Um, Jesus, Peter Mueller was second in scoring. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Shout yeah. Peter Mueller. But uh, yeah, so he did okay, but he wasn't elite. Uh, in the Czech League this past season. I don't know about the details of like how well Olamuk or anything like that happened to be. But yeah, so he, he was okay. But not like at an elite level. So it's like, uh, how well would he do if he hops back to the NHL? I don't know. Um, Frank Saravalli reported that Braden Holpe is not likely to play this upcoming season and that his career could be over. He didn't finish the past season with the Stars. He got injured. That's why they went out and get uh, and got Scott Wedgwood. Uh, Braden Holpe, if he does retire, 12 years worth of a career, technically, played his first game in the 2010-2011 season. Mm-hmm. Um, some rough numbers down the stretches last year in Washington, his only year with Vancouver, some pretty rough years there. But this guy was like, he will always be remembered by myself and fellow Bruins fans, if this is it for him, as an absolute monster. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they won. Washington won the cup with him. He won the Vesna trophy in 2016. But when he showed up on the scene as Washington's guy, which was in the 2012 playoffs, the Bruins, you know, were back in the first round after winning the cup the season prior. I don't think that was the year they won the president's trophy. Uh, I think Chicago did that year. That was the shortened year. Um, actually, let me check. Yeah, 2011-2012, they won 49 games that year. First place in the division, second in the conference, still looking as strong as ever. And then what happens? They get to the playoffs, and they lose in seven because Braden Holpe decided to win three out of the last four games 
and just shut shit down, especially yeah. in game seven. I mean, it was an incredible performance. And then honestly, throughout Holpe's entire time in Washington, he was just a Bruins murderer. Like you could essentially chalk it up as a Bruins fan that, oh, Braden Holpe's playing the Boston Bruins. I don't need to watch this game. I already know who's going to win. And that is basically how it went throughout his entire tenure there. So, um, you know, I, I don't think obviously like the, the conversation will drift towards like the hall of fame or anything like that. But Braden Holpe had as good of a career at his peak and as good of a run as you can really hope to have as a goalie. So um, it would obviously suck as it always does. You know, if you see a player's career kind of end due to injury, but I will always remember him. He's, he's a boogeyman essentially. Like that's how I'll remember the guy. Yeah. Like, especially the way he went down, looking at his numbers right now, he went down 278 goals against average, 913 in his last season with Dallas. 913. Like, yeah. that's still, like, strong, though. That's that's mm-hmm. a really strong for a goaltender. Yeah. And I guess injuries come up to another thing. And, yeah, like, he's, he's also won, like, almost everything you can win as a goalie itself in the NHL. Like, he's got the Vesna. He's got best goalie, first, all, first NHL all, all-star team. Got the Jennings as well. Obviously, a cup formidable like career so far. Like I hope he can rebound. Uh, maybe he might need some extra time off uh, to like heal up. Does he? When is his extension? Is he like done or is he? He's, they, on a, he's a UFA. Off. So yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's off the books for Dallas. Yeah, which is probably fortunate for them, <laughs> I would say. But at the same yeah. time, like I said, hopefully his career is not done and he's able to bounce back. But not looking too good at the moment, uh, which kind of brings us to the perfect segue for the final part of rumor season here in terms of not looking too good. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, who right. are currently rumored to be shopping defenseman Ivan Provorov. Fucking why <laughs> is my immediate reaction? This is a team. Who, yes, are probably trying to open up cap room to make a big splash in free agency. Um, right. You know, it's also rumored that JVR and his seven million dollars for one year uh, are also looking to be moved. But this is a team where oh, we're worried about cap space. You just signed Rasmus Ristolainen to a five point one million dollar per year five year deal. Yeah, you traded for Tony D'Angelo, gave him five million per for the next two years. But Ivan Provorov at six seven five is too rich for your blood. I said as much on Twitter when I saw these rumors, and I kind of stand by it. Uh, Flyers fans, I think you're good to just check out for the next couple of seasons. Uh, yeah, I genuinely don't think that you're going to miss anything, and it seems like with those at the helm, Chuck Fletcher and such, that it's going to uh, get worse before it gets better. I have, I have no, I would have no faith as a Flyers fan right now. Zero. Yeah, um, I'm just looking, looking at. Yeah, I'm still getting over the the, the Angelo thing. Like that again for five, that's risky. But then again, D'Angelo fits in with, uh, you know, that Philadelphia uh, <laughs> thing, and that they're mostly just assholes. Uh, but you know, not not Shots to pair them in the certain ways. Honestly, I said that earlier today on my on my stream. Just that's just how I mean, it is. Put it this way: the guy has his introductory press conference and immediately has to state he's not racist. I'm sure it'll work out just fine, Flyers fans. Don't worry. Oh, good. don't worry. I know. I know some. I know some people in Philadelphia will love that. Um, also, can we talk about this breaking trade right now? I just saw it too, as well. I just saw that too. <laughs> um, jeez. Here, what else did we have to? Uh... You know, what? yeah, we we can move on from the Flyers and we can uh, we can yeah, talk about this, this confirmed trade. Um, we are actually well. I think we're still waiting for the details to come through. But as we are recording this, Frank Saravalli tweeted out, uh, "Hearing the Minnesota Wild have traded goal goaltender Cam Talbot to the Ottawa." Senators. Now, when Flurry stayed, there were rumors, of course, that um, Talbot wasn't overly happy that he was acquired in the first place, let alone was re-signed because Talbot wanted to be the guy. So for Minnesota, depending 
on what happens here, their goaltending would be Marc-Andre Fleury. And I don't know because they traded Capo Kakadin to the San Jose Sharks last year. So their other goalies under contract right now are Jesper Wallstead, who's only 19, Hunter Jones, who's 21, and Zane McIntyre, who's been pretty much a career AHLer. Uh, so, I mean, Cam Talbot's making $3.6 million for this year. So with this trade apparently going through, I wouldn't expect Ottawa to have had to give up that much. And then Minnesota clears out some cap space that they could potentially weaponize. They'll bring in, I'm sure, a very cheap backup, but that's a bit of a risk because we know Marc-Andre Fleury's been hit or miss at times. And then on the flip side for the Sens, uh, they did just sign goaltender Anton Forsberg to a three-year deal worth $2.75 million per. So they'll be paying about $6.5 million uh, between Forsberg and Talbot this year. I don't hate that at all actually um yeah oh okay and it, it's official i saw it there too uh, i think you uh might have sent it along uh the report is it's official sends have communicated it it is one for one cam talbot for younger goaltender philip gustafson so that's interesting there wow hmm, that is not what i was expecting actually <laughs> greg wisniewski uh says neither of these men are matt murray so okay then so now that we know what the return is for minnesota uh philip gustafson obviously again they were paying 3.6 million dollars to talbot philip gustafson is making under 800k uh he's 24 years old to be an rfa at the end of the year uh for ottawa last year he played in 18 games had an 892 save percentage Eh. so minnesota's banking on a younger guy in a different system to kind of pay off much much cheaper ottawa instead of that younger guy They now have 35-year-old Cam Talbot, which, by the way, it's insane he's 35, and then 29-year-old Anton Forsberg. The Ottawa Senators, remember when I said that the Atlantic was scary? Yeah. The Ottawa Senators, man, especially after the trade for Alex DeBrinckit, they are really pushing to be a playoff team next year. And here's the scary thing, Mr. Mills. They still have $22.5 million in cap space. How the fuck? UFAs include Tyler Ennis, Victor Mete, Chris Tierney, Adam Gaudet. Gaudet and uh, Mete are already confirmed gone. RFAs are Brandstrom, Josh Norris, Matthew Joseph, and Alex Formanton. Those guys won't take up, I would presume, even half of the $22.5 million. There's been nothing but the rumors of like, oh, Claude Giroux. That is going to be maybe the biggest talking point in the Atlantic. And you know, maybe that's unfair to say because we'll be talking about the Leafs trade in a minute and that's going to be one of the huge talking points. The Ottawa Senators though. Out of the teams that missed the playoffs last year out of the Atlantic, them, Buffalo, Montreal and Detroit, it's Ottawa that you're looking at to be like, "No, we're making the playoffs this year." And honestly, depending on what other teams do here in the next couple of days, I think they might. Yeah, this <laughs> I didn't realize how much cap space they had, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, about the Giroux thing, too. Now they have, like, more than enough money to just go be like, hey, hey, come here. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're, like, basically out of your prime and kind of, like, aging a little bit. But come here. Be be a vet. I don't think it's going to happen. But they, they could throw enough money at his face to say, hey, come here. Play for a team that's rebuilding. And make your make your cash and he is oh god i forget we were uh i forget where he's from but people always make the connection like it's it, he's an ontario guy mm-hmm. i know that the funny thing is people always ottawa yeah yeah like people always make the connection of like oh yeah he's basically an ottawa guy and i'm like how Hearst is cl- how close is Hearst, Ontario? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, at the same time, though, he did play for Gatineau in the uh, in the queue, and I think that's where a lot of people really make that connection. That's so Cochrane, uh, let me stick it up right here. Hearst, Ontario. That is that is nowhere, nowhere <laughs> fucking close. That is closer to Thunder Bay. <laughs> than it is to fucking Toronto to fucking Ottawa and the Toronto. You, that's that's middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, that is like Trans Canada. No, not Trans Canada Highway, but is it? 
It's just the fact that he played for Gatineau that people make that connection. Yeah, but yeah, that, all that all, is on um, the Trans Canada fucking highway. <laughs> <laughs> all Shut up! All, uh, that breaking trade, I like it a lot for both teams. Minnesota clears out cap space. Ottawa sures things up in goal. Um, man, the Sens are really going to be interesting, especially with uh, you know in, in a few days when we know what else they'll do with that cap space. So really looking forward to that. Um, before we get into talking about all the free agent things, we had two other quick notes. Uh, Joe Sackick has become the president of Hockey Ops, so he's kind of taken a promotion within the Colorado yep. Avalanche. Chris McFarland is replacing him as the GM. So Joe Sackick not only winning GM of the year and a Stanley Cup, uh, but then moves up and just says, fuck it, my, work's here, my work here is done. But at the same time, um, it really was more of an idea of how to uh, keep Chris McFarland around as uh, apparently he was rather sought after by a lot of other teams uh, in terms of being their potential GM. Uh, the guy was with the Columbus Blue Jackets from 2000 all the way up until 2015 as director of hockey ops and then an AGM. And he's been an AGM with Colorado since 2015-16. So yeah, that that's like prime candidate for someone who gets a GM spot. And I think Colorado probably did the smart thing of letting him kind of take over the reins. And, you know, Joe Sackick's still right there. Like, he's yeah. right there to talk to. Like, that's a power couple. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. Yeah, um, a lot of people also forget that, you know, it's not just one person saying, I want this guy. Whenever they have a meeting, like, I, a clear video of it happening is if you go look at the, the Leafs video, Now or Nothing. Or if you look at back when they had the decision to trade Tyler Sagan, that's a throwback. I knew it was that was a, coming. It was a general discussion from everybody talking about what moves to make. But it's does he fit our culture? Make... Oh my god! Fuck! Ah, <laughs> oh, clearly, clearly he 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 does. Clearly he does. Uh, but in general, it's just it's a general discussion from all the members in the hockey body itself to talk about what's going on if they fit or not. It's just the GM who kind of has like the same communications to the other GMs. Yeah. Um, and then today, it might have been yesterday, actually, it was confirmed that uh, I, I talked about it on the uh, solo episode on Friday. Uh, the right. Duncan Keith officially retires, uh, you know, which we all know was coming uh, again. Hall of Fame caliber career on the ice. But I, I said this on Friday and I know it's your chance to speak on it, too, if you want. But my biggest takeaway is the fact that, uh, you know, he played a part in everything that happened. Um and especially, too, the way he handled himself. And this is why I was constantly saying that Alex DeBrinkett should have been the next leader on uh, you know, on Chicago. Is look at how Kane, Taves, and Duncan Keith all reacted to the investigation and the news that came out. Duncan Keith outright refused to cooperate with the law firm that investigated the incident. Uh, so, again, my opinion is staying. Fuck that guy. On the ice, though, yeah. Hall of Fame caliber career. Yep. Uh, that's basically... That's- you said it better than I probably could. Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave it at that then, because this is where you get the shine, my friend. This is why we made sure we got to record before you went out to play hockey in a little bit. Yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs have acquired a goaltender, Matt Murray, from the Ottawa Senators, along with a third-round pick in 2023 and a seventh-round pick in 2024, in exchange for future considerations, the Sens retain 25% of the deal, a little bit over $1.5 million. So Murray's cap hit with the Leafs is just under 4.7. Your thoughts as a Leafs fan on this trade, Mr. Endo Mills? Ah, no, no, it's <laughs> <Start> screaming. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I think uh, at first I was like, oh, and then I kind of thought about it and went, oh, it's not that bad, actually. Now, hear me out. Hear me out before, like, everyone cries a call from my head and call me the piece of shit for whatever reason. Uh, I think it's an okay deal. Uh, we got picks. Uh, it's a shame we couldn't get rid of more of the cap. Like, if it was 50%, I'd be like, that's perfect. That's absolutely great. But we have to deal with, you know, taking uh, 75% of it total. Hmm. I think it's gonna turn out well for the team. He's one. He's he said it's his hometown team because it's everyone's favorite team. The Leafs, if it's the original six team, it's probably their favorite team. Cue the pajamas. Q 
Cue the sleeping bag, the random Lee's paraphernalia on the wall as a kid. Cue that. But I have a feeling this is going to work out really, really well because of obviously the Sioux connection with So Saint Marie, Kyle Dubas, uh, Sheldon Keefe, them being a goalie for them. He wasn't like amazing during his time in the Sioux, but he does have that veteran. Technically speaking, veteran experience as a goaltender who's won two Stanley Cups hmm. in rookie campaigns, technically. Uh, he did fall off a little of a cliff uh, a few seasons ago with Ottawa slash Pittsburgh. But in the games that he did play with Ottawa coming back, he did fairly well. He yeah. has a career he has a career .911 save percentage. Career, even after having two minus 900 save percentages seasons, one with Pittsburgh going on his last year and then the first year here in Ottawa. So it's not that he's a bad goaltender. I think as well with getting rid of all of the goaltending coaches and all that allows him to start fresh and figure out who can best meet these goaltenders themselves. Because I believe they haven't announced any hirees for that position yet. So they can go to... They can go to Wall, they can go to Calgret, they go to Chalgren, they can go to um what's his name? Uh Matt Murray and say, Who do you want to work with? Who do you where are you lacking in your game? What do you think needs improvement? And find specialists for that. It, it's a big retooling in that way, so that way they can cater to the goalies instead of having a goalie who can cater to the goaltending coach. That's yeah, all. And I mean, I, I think that's been kind of a big talking point in the NHL now. Really, I've noticed it since Eddie Lack went to Carolina, and a lot of Eddie Lack fans are like the the goaltending coach at the time in Carolina fucking ruined him. Uh, shout out to Flopfish, friend of the show that uh, <laughs> I know very much has that opinion of Eddie Lack's career was sabotaged essentially. Um, I I will say I'm intrigued. I mean, again, for Ottawa, it makes sense. You know, I mean, you get to move on from Matt Murray. Uh, and get to move on from almost $5 million of a cap hit. Um, you know, they end up retaining 1.5 on the deal. Yes, you give up a third and a seventh to do it, but obviously this has allowed them to go out and get Cam Talbot, who they view as, as more of a short thing, and obviously is cheaper and not signed for as long. Um, so for Ottawa, I don't necessarily hate it. For Toronto, though, it's just it's that thing of a goalie, any goalie, is going to have it rough in Toronto. Yeah. They are. Like, the spotlight there is brighter and more intense than it is anywhere else. And yes, it's a goalie who's right won. <laughs> like, yes, it's a goalie who won cups. Uh, I don't know. It's It really, I said it on Twitter, and I kind of stand by this, too, that it just really does feel like a, the most boomer bust trade that they could have made. You know? Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you didn't trust the market that was out there. So you went out, you said, this is our guy. And this is either going to work out or this is going to be an outright disaster. Maybe there is that middle ground where he's not good. He's not bad. And that's the thing. Average is kind of good enough. That's all the Leafs, in theory, should need, at least in the regular season. But then you yeah. get to the playoffs and I just, I just don't know, right? Like because you look at the goaltenders that were uh, in the final four, right? And you had uh, Darcy Kemper, who was average or below average, Edmonton and Mike Smith, who was okay. Then the East was the, like so that's the West, but then the East, the two goalies in the final four were Andre Vasilevsky and Igor Shosturkin. You know, it just feels like the East is an entirely different animal. I I don't view this as an objectively horrible trade for the Leafs outright. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just a little bit surprised that this was the gamble that Kyle Dubas decided to go for. That Matt Murray at $4.7 million is the move to make. They have 6.3 left. You know Campbell's gone. Labushkin's probably gone. Mikhaev, we know Andre Kosh is gone. Blackwell's probably gone. You got six point three million with RFAs and Pierre Engvall and Rasmus Sandin. What what do they do tomorrow or on day two of free agency, if anything? 
or is it just like, oh, we got enough money to bring back our guys? Because I know you were kind of thinking that there might be another trade or two. Yeah, they qualified uh, Pierre Engvall for trade for um, for a deal. Uh, I think what's going to happen is oh, actually interesting on that is Yangfall has arbitration status, so mm-hmm. they could go to someone and say, "Hey, what is he worth? What can you get through?" and see where that goes. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the cap hit on Engvall is too high. He might be traded somewhere. And if it's too high, hello, Senators, you guys would love to have Pierre Engvall. I also see that as an extra condition of the future considerations because usually there is a deal that happens either either soon after or a lot after that kind of balances out a little bit. Kind of reminds me of when we picked up... um, we made the trade with uh, what is his name? Uh, Arizona. We picked up the goaltender from Arizona. What was it? Uh, goaltender from Arizona. Carter. Hutton. Oh, um, the fucking uh, Carter Hutton. Yeah, Carter Hutton. Notice how we lost. Who we retired? Quote, unquote, by the lo- way. Yeah, who retired? Who notice how we quote unquote lost Harry Sateri? I feel like that was huge considerations there. You sign this goalie, and then we'll take it off waivers for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you can view it that way. I think that's fair. Uh, so I just got we'll added see what, by Sen. I'm gonna fucking block this fucker. I swear to God. We'll see what happens there. A um, couple of things to talk about here. Some of the re-signings that were out there: Endo Mills, Valeri Nachushkin, eight-year deal at six point one two five for Colorado. If you were on the Leafs, or if he was on the Leafs signing that. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yes. Yes. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think a, it's a it's a phenomenal su- contract. Such a front loaded contract too. Uh, I always say that front loaded contracts. We're talking to Sh- Shushkin, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Front loaded contracts, amazing because it's when players know that their value might not increase later on, and if they do. <laughs> It's it's a it's a steal. If it doesn't, then you're fucked. Uh, but yeah, Larry Nachushkin actually elite. Love that deal. Mm-hmm. Philip Forsberg in Nashville stays with the team. He's the all-time leading uh, scorer in club history. Eight years, eight point five million per. Endo, your thoughts on that signing? That, I mean, man gets paid. He, he's worked his ass off. People were afraid that they weren't going to be able to afford him at all or give him the money that he wants. But uh, I can tell that Nashville sees him as his cornerstone of that franchise right now. So they give him the money. Good on him. Gigantic thumbs up for uh, for Nashville on this trade, too, in my opinion. Uh, Adrian Kempe sticks in Los Angeles. Four years at $5.5 million. Um, Again, I think it's a damn good trade uh, or a damn good trade, a damn good signing. Mm-hmm. Um, if he continues at the trajectory that he's on, um, he was one player, uh, in terms of NHL roster editing on my front that I heard people complain about and by people, I mean, crash Andrews exclusively yep. uh, to say that he was better than the rating and the player type that he, got. <laughs> uh, but he was damn good this year. They need to hope that he continues at that level. Otherwise, uh, 5.5 million is a bit, a bit pricey, but I don't, I don't hate it. If he continues to play at that current pace. What did you give him? I think I gave, I think he was like an 82 power forward. Okay. Or something like that at the start of the year, 81, 82, maybe even a little bit lower. And then by the end of the season, he ended up at like an 84, 85 sniper. Okay. And you base your stuff off of the three years, right? Yes. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Let's see. Okay. 1920 season, 69 games played, nice. 11 goals, 21 assists, 32 points. 2021, 56 games, 14 goals, 15 assists, 29 points. That makes sense. And then we're going to pull 35 out of his ass uh, <laughs> of 19 assists for 54 points, 78 games. That makes sense. I don't see why he's complaining. He's just being a homer. Uh, love crash <laughs> to death. Love crash <laughs> to death. But I don't see why his rating uh, needed to change at all. I think it was a good all. fun. It was again fun. Okay. 
But at the same time, like, you know, I it feel like sense. whether or not you look at like an analytic perspective or even a points perspective, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, this was his best season. We'll see if he can kind of keep that up because that's not a guarantee at all. But again, we'll see. Um, I think I mentioned it in the last uh, episode. I don't remember if I mentioned the deal, but Billy Huso was acquired by Detroit three years at just under five million. They can afford to risk it. I did mention this actually. Now that I now that I know, um, but Endo, did you have thoughts? Uh, uh, Leafs fans, I know a lot of Leafs fans are kind of hoping for Billy Huso. Mm, not really. <laughs> I didn't really look into Huso that much this year. I was mostly looking at because everyone thinks that everyone thought that our next guy. Uh, Georgiev was kind of destined to be a Leaf at one point. I remember a few years ago they were saying that he wanted to be a Leaf, or they yeah. wanted him to on the Leafs, uh, but no dice. I'll look up Huso yeah. really quickly. Uh, biding time, biding time. Biding time. Yep, <laughs> not bad. 919, 2.56. Not bad. So oh, you mentioned Georgiev too. He got a three-year deal, $3.4 million per from Colorado. I think I talked about that on Friday as well, but it's just the idea of Holy why not? Yeah. Like, why not? Like, for a little bit, he was going to be the guy, and then Shesterkin showed up in LOL. You know, that's that idea of who the <laughs> the person to take over for Henrik Lundqvist is. That was decided pretty easily from that point yeah. on. But I don't hate it for the abs because obviously they weren't going to sign Darcy Kemper for $6 million plus. Um and then the other deal that was announced today, a one-year deal, 750K base with a, another potential 750K in games played bonuses. Alex Edler stays in Los Angeles that for 750K. Like, I get it that the guy is getting older. I think he's had some injury troubles. I don't know. Maybe I still view Alex Edler as the guy that was fucking amazing on Vancouver. But I, I mean, come on, dude. It's Alex Edler for three quarters of a million dollars. Like that is very, very tough to lose on. It's, and, you know, analytically, he still stands out as being pretty damn solid. So that is one of those deals for the Kings where it's like, OK, maybe a slightly overpaid Kempe off of one season. But then you manage to keep Alex Edler and someone like that for dirt goddamn cheap. Yeah, that's. That's pretty decent for a guy who put up 16 assists on that squad. Aging, too. Uh, I feel like he'll do well, even if it's like a relief role, kind of like a fourth line, uh, or just to help out with the veteran status there as well, too. Hmm. It'd be nice to have it on that roster. I'd I'd have him on there in like a kind of like a Spezza kind of way. Yeah, no, I think that's, I, a, yeah. that's a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, and then we had some of the more notable buyouts and players who weren't qualified by their teams as RFAs. We start off with Chicago, who let go of a shitload of people, highlighted by the fact that they are going to let Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubalik walk. And they also have bought out Brett Connolly and Henrik Borgstrom, neither of whom have these like massive kind of retentions or anything off of that. Uh, Chicago, they're going full scorched earth, like 100% trying to get into the Connor Bedard sweepstakes next year and guarantee their chances. This team is going to be a dumpster fire. So you have all the uh, talk of, well, what's going to happen with Taves and Kane? Me personally, I don't give a shit what happens to those two. But yeah, are they more likely to be moved now than ever before? Yes. I just looked something up. Apparently, all three of the Strom brothers... Are on free are free agents, all three: Ryan Strom, Matthew Strom, and Dylan Strom. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is that's. Have you, has that ever happened where three brothers are just kind of available? I don't know. Actually, I mean, probably in That'd the eighties or something cool. like that with the Sutters or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, um, God damn it. Yeah, no tears shed for uh, Chicago again for the fans. Hey, it it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's nothing against you, but uh, yeah, no tears shed overseeing this organization in the fucking mud right now. Uh, it's kind of where they belong. Found your new center there, Tuki, for the uh, Bruins. Everyone says the, the, that Dylan Strom can't skate to save his life, yet he still, from an analytical perspective, doesn't look that bad. So I don't know what to make of him. 
at the same time, I feel like it might just need to be a systems fit where a team like the Bruins aren't the biggest rush offense in the world. So maybe he would fit in very, very well, actually. <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know. I have a feeling there's going to be something going there. Uh, Montreal elected to drop Rem Pitlick, Kale Clegg, and Josh Brook. Uh, never forget the beginning of the season where Rem Pitlick was on Montreal and looked like he was going to be a 30-goal scorer. Uh, or he started on Minnesota and ended up in Montreal. And then Kale right. Clegg and Josh Brook, two defensemen that once upon a time really looked promising. Clegg for the Kings and then obviously a lot of Habs fans really hyped up Josh Brook and uh, just hasn't worked out, which is kind of a similar story to Anaheim who have elected to drop Jacob Larson, Sonny Milano, and Sam Steele. The infamous Sam Ooh. Steele pick, which I believe once upon a time was a Maple Leafs pick. Uh, I believe so. I, I also know he was a Mississauga Steelhead uh, for the OHL, I believe. I think that was the Freddie Anderson trade. They ended up getting the pick to draft Sam Steele, and a lot of Leafs fans were pissed, but... Uh, it worked out about equally well for both sides <laughs> in Let's regards see. to those two particular people and their time with their teams. Yeah, um, I think that was that was the trade. Yeah, there you go. I don't know how I remember that, but fair enough. Probably from listening to the Steve Dangle podcast and people like you who just couldn't let it go for years and years and years. <laughs> but um, maybe the most shocking move, the Washington Capitals are moving on from Ilya Samsonov. This after trading Vitek Banachek uh, last week. They have to be all in on Darcy Kemper. And uh, that's a choice. That's a choice to be all in on trying to sign Darcy Kemper or Jack Campbell. Um, I, I really didn't expect this because the Eastern Conference was kind of highlighted by the fact that you had the big three Russian goaltenders, Shesterkin, uh, Sorokin on the Islanders, and Ilya Samsonov, and Washington's the first team to move on from one of those players. Mm -hmm. uh, again, very, very surprised. I think everybody was. This has to be the, the most notable RFA who wasn't sent to qualifying offer. Now, technically, of course, they could bring him back, but at the same time, if you really plan on him being the guy, you don't just let him walk to free agency. Yeah, they don't have any goalies right now. I'm looking at their their breakup right now. They Zach have nothing. Fukale, baby. <laughs> yeah, Fukale. Uh, but yeah, it's like him and like Shepard. Mm, I don't really know. Other guys are on like other ELCs. But I'm interested to see what happens. I want to see Fukale get a bigger shot with the big club because he's he's been a He's grinded it out completely. I mean, four games, 1.75 goals against 0.924. Not bad at all for a guy who basically went literally a decade just going through the minors and the to get up to the uh, the top level. And he's finally here and he's showcased that he deserves to at least get a bigger shot. Other notable ones, Pittsburgh elected to drop Dayton Heinen. I was pretty surprised by that. He played pretty well for them. The New mm -hmm. York Rangers let go of Ty Ronning, who better sign with the Canucks. Make it happen for X-Tech. <laughs> let him go watch <laughs> Ty Ronning and Abbotsford, damn it. Um, the LA Kings drop Brendan Lemieux. Rumors are he might be back. Same thing with the Islanders dropping Michael Dowcole. Fifth overall pick back in, I think it was 2014, which is insane. Uh, but it, you know It's been that long. Um, Seattle dropping Hayden Fleury, Dennis Cholowski, Ryan Donato, and Daniel Sprong. So they are, I don't want to say going scorched earth, but they're making big changes. Uh, Colorado dropping Nicholas Obey-Kubel like he dropped the Stanley Cup. Uh, Consequence. <laughs> Toronto, let's go of Andre Kasha and others because the qualifying offer would have been too high. Yep. Uh, and then the buyouts. Philadelphia moving on from Oscar Lindblom. Uh, New oh, Jersey from Yanni Quokin and San Jose moving on from Rudolph Balsers, which is very surprising. And Ottawa buys out Michael Delzato. So there is a crap load of movement ahead of free agency starting tomorrow. Like these teams are wasting zero time kind of getting the pieces in play to probably spend way too much goddamn money. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of overpayments, especially with teams who could say that they want to build but they're too far away from being there so they're going to spend up to the cap hmm. uh <laughs> ottawa 
they're gonna Ottawa's gonna make a big push, and I feel like Ottawa's gonna grab some assets and they're gonna do something really stupid, uh, and then it's gonna blow up in their face. That's just the way I see it. So heading into tomorrow again, it is the start of free agency. Big boy asked at the time of recording, who is winning free agency before it even starts? And I would look towards the teams that managed to keep like their really good players like Nashville. Keeping yeah. Philip Forsberg was absolutely huge. Like that might be the shout for me for like, OK, who's who's winning free agency? It's, it's a team like Nashville for me, at least. I mean, again, there's still a lot. It's almost easier to say, like, hey, who's losing? Which right now, Calgary yet to come to terms with. Johnny Goodrow as a UFA or a Matthew Kachuk as an RFA. Like, Calgary is looking pretty damn rough right now. And does anybody – I mean, shit, do you feel like Toronto's winning because they, they got their goalie early? I don't know. I feel like they could have – I feel like they could have waited a little bit till free agency started mm-hmm. to find their goalie and then pitch out to other people. By them grabbing uh, Matt Murray – I keep saying Ryan Murray, but I keep, by them grabbing Matt Murray, it shows that – the talks between them and Jack Campbell were just not going anywhere. Yeah. Who knows? There could be a flip to send Matt Murray somewhere else. I doubt it because I feel like Matt Murray really wants to stay a leaf, you know, because of the Sioux connection. I'm going to keep saying that. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of who really lost uh, like a big loser for that would probably be, I think, Billy. Philly just uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you let go of Oscar Limbaugh come on I understand that he had a he had like an actual health thing related to his cancer and then to say that oh we're gonna let him go uh we're gonna buy him out but we're gonna donate a hundred thousand dollars to his to like uh the charity of his choice or something along mm-hmm. the lines of that I, I I think that's horse Crap! You your your team is in a rebuild. You couldn't keep him there. He was beloved by everybody in that organization, and then the basic kick him out the door. It's a weird one for sure. Not a fan. Um, notable notable RFAs at this point. I mean, like Matthew Kachuk, Jason Robertson. Matthew Kachuk's name is still out there a decent amount. Um, in terms of the names, I think that are more likely to move. I mean, obviously you still have the Oilers always throwing out you know Yamamoto and Puljujarvi's name, Pavel Zaka's names out there, but it's always. It's always a bit crazy when it comes to RFAs, but for UFAs, we do know the names that are out there. Um, Johnny Goodrow is going to be the most highly sought after forward. Um, TSN put out a, an article with the the betting odds right now for who's most likely to get him. I mean, Calgary still in the lead to kind of lead the way, but from there, it's the New York Islanders, Philadelphia, and even New Jersey. So kind of heavily favored to head you know, towards a metropolitan division team for a shitload of money <laughs> is what it looks like. And <laughs> if Goodrow does leave, what does that end up meaning for Calgary is the big question because that's a 115 point player from the regular season that walked away for nothing. Um, which, you know, we, we kind of talked about that throughout the season, right? Mm-hmm. Heading into this year, it was, boy, did I move on from Goodrow? And then they're, no, we're going to keep him and we're going to go for it. And yeah, they make the playoffs and fall when they did. But at the same time, just. I don't know. It would still be like, would you, I mean, would you take, I mean, Flames fans kind of knew, like, would you take a, a shot at making it to the second round, but losing Goodrow for nothing? I don't know what the answer would have been then compared to what the answer is now. Um, we have no idea where Nassim Kadri is going to end up. Obviously, Giroud of Ottawa is always out there. Uh, David Perron's going to be on the open market. The Rangers confirmed, I think, that Andrew Kopp is hitting the open market. Boston. Better late than never. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andre Palat still hasn't resigned with Tampa. And then defensively, someone like John Klingberg is going to be out there. Evgeny Malkin hasn't resigned with Pittsburgh. Evander Kane still hasn't resigned with Edmonton. There are so many names out there. And it kind of uh, brings us to our final question to wrap up the show. It's coming from Scroopy. Who was one free agent you'd like your franchise to add? Now, obviously, Endo, both both of our teams are kind of cash-strapped. I mean, who's the free agent? I want the Bruins to add David Krejci because I don't know who the hell else they can afford. Um, for the Leafs, though, is there a guy that kind of stands out? Like even a Phil Kessel on a dirt-cheap contract to come home. Dude, 
that would boost up the third line to have a guy with a fucking shot like that. Obviously not the same speed as he used to have, but just to have a guy like that. Mm. But I don't know. I don't think the Leafs are going to pick up anybody in free agency or any big ones. Probably guys on like entry-level fill-ins. But yeah. I feel like we have so much depth that there's going to be no need to pick up a guy like I think that. That's fair. I feel like, yeah, we have so many prospects coming up that are basically on the cusp, if not ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. I know, uh, what's his name? I'm just excited to see Curtis Douglas. That guy's tall. <laughs> Big guy's, six, seven, Kurt. That's tall. With that, everybody, we'll bring the show to a close. Again, kind of taking a look at everything that's happened and is about to happen. We'll be back. Like I said, I'm pretty sure this Friday to talk about the first couple days of free agency. Uh, very excited to see how it plays out. Sin might be back on Friday as well. Time will tell. It looks like he's finally prepared to head home after a month-long <laughs> excursion to Finland where we didn't think we were going to get him back. But it looks like it is uh, potentially going to happen as soon as this week. Uh, Endo, with that, what do you got going on here as we wind down the show? Uh, of back on a schedule, hopefully. Uh, if you know we don't have another week where Rogers kills me or the entire nation. Uh, working on streaming was actually just live a few hours ago. Uh, playing other stuff like NHL, Fall Guys, whatever. Twitch.tv slash Endo Mills. That's where I'm at, and. Hopefully getting back on track with stuff uh, for you because can't wait to get that going there again. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a tough adjustment since I got back from Finland to kind of get that schedule back on track. And obviously it's the summer months as well. And yeah, it's just there's, there's more to do. <laughs> it's tough to stick with it. so much to do so much to see. There you go. And congrats to uh <laughs> congrats to Endo Mills for our first uh for almost our first Dave Matthews band reference on this show, which um, that was a Smash Mouth reference. I mean, fair. What's the difference? Uh, <laughs> one looks like Guy Fieri and one doesn't. I don't know. Twitch.tv forward slash Jake24. YouTube, all the fun stuff. Thank you again to Manscaped. I'm going to punch my monitor again on the way out of here because it's 95 degrees in this office. Good day, everybody. Good day. <laughs> <laughs>